You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. To my first official summer break, long vacation. I'm going to be gone for 10 days. I'm so excited. I'm going to Portugal and Turkey. It's going to be my first time in Portugal, and I love Turkey, so I'm so excited. It's going to be amazing. I just got my crochet faux locks put in. I feel like vacation starts when the vacation hair is put in, at least for me, at least for me. That's like when I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I have cowrie shells in my hair. I've got gold beads. I don't even know who I am anymore, but this is definitely not my corporate office look, which I am living for. This is vacation time. For me, the best part about protective styling and doing styles like this, I just don't have to worry about my hair on vacation and it means that I get to pack a lot lighter. With natural hair, you just cannot trust that the hotels are going to have the type of shampoo and conditioner that you need. And you can't even trust, especially if it's you know new countries you've never been to before, if the pharmacies on the ground are going to have the products that you need. So you have to bring all of your own stuff. And if you're swimming, I mean, the amount of products that I would have to bring if I was wearing my natural hair for this trip, the amount of gel and conditioner and leave-in, it would just be ridiculous. So it means that I get to pack lighter and it's always nice to pack light. I think it helps you to enjoy your vacation more. I feel like I've traveled so much for work in the past few years, so I've become somewhat of a packing expert, but I'm going to give three very quick packing tips before we get into this amazing episode with Rachel. Okay, number one, after checking the weather and the location, pack for each day. So when I say check the location, when I'm going to a new city or even staying in a new hotel in a new city, I go to the Instagram location tag and I see other pictures from there or I go on Pinterest and I put in the name just to get a sense and vibe for the place. And don't laugh, but I've never been to Portugal. And so for Comporta, I wanted to kind of see what it was like. And I saw a lot of neutral white colors. So I packed mostly earth tones, which is great because earth tones are so easy to mix and match. If I was going to Ibiza or Miami, maybe I would have packed more neon. Number two. You have to actually plan out each day and night outfit. Even for this 10-day trip, I laid out what I was going to wear each and every day, including what I was wearing on connecting flights, what I was going to rewear. And this, for me, is what helps you to ensure that you do not overpack, that you don't put in too many just-in-case items that you don't end up wearing. And you also have to be realistic about what you're going to do every day. Like, are you really going to work at the hotel gym 
every morning? Probably not. You probably don't need four or five workout outfits if you're only traveling for a week. I brought one because I'm going to walk around a lot and swim and that's going to be my exercise. I've made the mistake of packing like six hardcover books thinking, oh, I'll be at the beach every day and read and I end up reading one. I think you just have to check in with yourself and be realistic about what you'll actually have time to do. And then last and final tip number three, you have to be comfortable with re-wearing things if you want to pack light. Different wraps, accessories, brooches, earrings, they make the same clothes look very different. I'm packing a silk slip dress for this trip that I'm going to wear three different ways. And I know it's hard to keep shoes limited. That's always the hardest thing for me. But I'm going to do two sandals, one dressy and then one for pool. It's like a rubber sandal. And then I have one platform high heel for evenings if I want to get dressed up. And then the sneakers that I'm going to wear on the flight. And that's it. Okay. Now, Rachel, she is one of my favorite, favorite Naked Beauty guests, but she's also just one of my favorite people in life. I could listen to her talk forever. I truly admire this woman. This is the last episode from the live show series, but I hope you really enjoyed them. Subscribe and rate the podcast if you haven't had a chance to yet. And send me your screenshots as you listen. Tag at Naked Beauty Planet on your Instagram story and I'll reshare. Thank you again for all of the support. Enjoy the episode. I need you to miss me. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I always laugh about our first time we recorded the podcast because it was like a cold. I just reached out to you. And then through the process of recording, we found out that we followed each other on our like embarrassing blog spot fashion blogs in like 2006. Yeah. It's, yeah. We both had blogs, fashion blogs, and I, we, yeah, we followed each other and used to comment. And I think I remembered you probably more than you remembered me. But that's because I didn't post a lot of my, myself. I yeah. guess it was more like a photo blog, fashion blog. But yeah, it was a very full circle moment. Yeah, those were the good days of the internet too. Can I just like brag on you for a second? I'm so proud of Brooke. Oh my God. <laughs> Rachel, thank you. This is so exciting. I know the feeling of like doing something siloed off yep. by yourself because you want to. And then you allow an opportunity for people to come support and then you see them and you're like whoa where'd you guys come from so I'm just proud of you she was the one that taught me how to podcast honestly it was Brooke so I'm like I'm very in awe and you're so professional and like (laughs) like whoa we don't even do this 
I asked you this upstairs and you're like, I hope that you're not going to ask me this, but I'm just going to come out and do it. Like you are very cool. Like you just are. It's a thing. Like we don't have to pretend like you're not. And I feel like there are certain people that there's just this like effortless coolness about them where Mm -hmm. like every decision that they make isn't trying too hard, but it's saying something like, Lenny Kravitz is cool, right? Like no one debates that. Like you are just like, like your whole appearance is always very cool. Thanks. And there's this thing where it's like, obviously there's some effort that goes into it, but you never want to seem like you're trying too hard because then you're automatically not cool. Is it just something that you think is innate? Like you've just always had this great sense of personal style? I don't, thank you, but I don't know. I mean, I have actually spent a lot of time like thinking about this, not necessarily like, as it pertains to me, but the word cool, like Mm -hmm. what is cool? What do people define as cool? It's this very like elusive kind of like intangible thing. And it's a currency. Right. Absolutely. Nowadays, why do people even say stuff like that? Like, oh, you're so cool. I'm like, why? (laughs) I don't even really know. I, like, I can't help it. Well, I, well, I don't know, I guess, because I have the same feeling about other people. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, this person's so cool. Like, what is, what is it I don't think anyone described me as cool. Describes like I, you as cool? I'm a lot of things, but I don't think cool is one of them. Like, I'm not... You guys know what I mean. There's like, there's literally people. Okay. There's literally a whole audience. Okay, that wasn't a ploy for, for you guys to say that I'm cool. But I think, and I'm not, I'm not being negative towards myself, but there's like a certain like effortlessness. I don't think I exude effortlessness. Like there is work that is being done. I don't either. <laughs> I just think, and I've said this before, I think maybe what you're referring to is just like a very deepened, heightened sense of self. Mm which is what I guess I attribute it to. Like, it's not, to me, the coolest people or people that I'm inspired by or I think are really cool are people who are just like 100% themselves. Yeah. That has nothing to do with like looks or like status or like money or appearance or followers on Instagram. It's always just when I meet someone who's just like totally themselves. I'm like, wow, they're so cool. Like they're so settled and at peace with who they are, whether they have like an awkward feature on their face or a disability or like maybe they're broke, maybe they're ri- like just people who are just at peace. To me, that's that's what being cool fucking is. Cool. Yeah, I think it's I really mean, cool. I remember your first episode. It was called The Scam of Being Yourself. Yeah. And you were getting so much press attention. You were kind of and you're I mean, you're still getting press attention constantly, but people were like, there's this young, fearless designer who's not afraid to call things out. And you kind of just chalked it up to like, I'm just myself. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to do anything. Why do you think it is that people try to adopt so many different personas or try to copy other people instead of being themselves? I think it's just fear. Mm. I don't think it's anything very complicated. I think it's just a fear. Like everyone has fear in certain areas of their life. A fear of fitting in, a fear of being singled out, a fear of not whatever it is in your head that you're afraid of. Like, I think that's kind of the basic, from my experience, from what I've seen, like catalyst as to why people doubt themselves mm-hmm. or, you know, what what have you. Um, for me, I like attribute it to, I guess, like the three kind of major things. One, I moved around a lot when I was growing up. I was born in Oklahoma. I moved to Dodge City, Kansas. Then I moved to Illinois, Michigan. Then I moved to Illinois. Like a lot of really small towns throughout the middle of the country um, for the most part. And like, but it was often and it was, you know, every, 
year or every two years, mm-hmm. I was at a brand new school and sometimes a brand new school in a brand new state. And yeah. when I got to high school, it was the first time I ever spent four years in one place. Wow. So for me, there's the fact that I moved around a lot. There's also the fact that I didn't ever engage in like school sports or like school oriented activities. Like even ballet, it's like everyone that knows it's like it's a competition between you and yourself. Right. And then three, not having a lot of common interests with people that I know. Right. So I think like those three things, like looking back, had everything to do with like why I am myself. Right. But that's so important because if you guys, if anyone in this room thinks back to who was popular, the most popular girls or guys in high school, are what are they doing with their lives now? Are they cool? No, like literally they're not. I know Gillian's laughing because we went to the same school, but like being different and being singled out helps to form your identity in a huge way. What was, what was your look in high school? What were you serving? High school, I was serving like white girl, black girl. (laughs) Like I was like definitely wearing Abercrombie (laughs) and like American Eagle, but I also had like some high fashion moments. Oh, (laughs) high fashion. <laughs> what I thought was like high fashion moments at the time. I was obsessed with the Olsen twins. So oh, like same, same, same. Do you remember the blogs about Olsen's anonymous? Absolutely. That was my favorite. I follow their Instagram to this day. Oh, they're on Instagram. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Die hard. Clearly. <laughs> amateur on our hands now. Um, so like I would like, I was obsessed with the Olsen twins. So, and there was no really like person my age that was like fashionable, I guess at that time. I remember wearing like sprinkled in things that I thought were like really expensive, like Miss 60 or like <laughs> Diesel or yeah, Miss 60. You remember lots of nods (laughs) Um, or like diesel back when like the Britney Spears, like low low rise rise, hip hugger denim situation. I was able to go to public school for the first time when I turned 14. So to me, I was like, this is my moment to shine. Like (laughs) I'm going to wear whatever I want. Did you wear makeup? What were you doing with your hair? I didn't. I had micro braids in. I did not wear makeup. I think I wore mascara. I didn't really start making wearing makeup until I went to college. But I also have like a very strict African father. So like... When did you feel like you kind of came into your own in terms of having a unique personal style? I don't know. I think I always experimented. This is interesting because I don't think a lot of people like know this, but I was like very lonely as a kid. It wasn't that I was ever bullied. I had friends in school and I knew how... To me, being friends with people was like a skill. It was almost like a performance art. Mm. Like I knew how to do it but I still didn't really consider them my friends. Like I would go to piano lessons after school and I would just like, I saw school as the place to like do what I was required to do, which was get good grades. And then also like engage with other, my peers. So I considered myself a very lonely child. I had siblings, but they were much older than me. And so I played alone a lot. I read a lot. That wasn't like a bad thing. It forced me to just know what I liked, even if Mm. other people didn't like it with me. It forced me to be polite, even if people had things that were like differences. It forced me to settle into the idea that like this group of people or this school or this piano teacher or this ballet class is temporary. If you learn very early that every all of your surroundings are temporary, then like you are the constant and the world is the variable. Interesting. If that makes sense. Interesting. So And that's That's kind of how I think it'll be always. It's like, okay, this is just, it's like when people say like be in the world, but not of it. And thank God for the internet now for podcasts, right? Because you can feel super alone where you are, but there's a way to tap into communities of like-minded people. 
I, I mean, that, the how, internet saved my, I would right. say saved my life. Yeah. How different would my life be if I didn't have that blog and I didn't have these people to connect to because there were, and also as a black woman who's interested in fashion, you don't have a ton of representation. I mean, no. there's very little. Yeah. I think the internet has been like my greatest friend. My friend, Carrie Fagan, he's a photographer. He has this tattoo on the back of his neck that says, find the others. Mm. And I've always loved that because that's like pretty much my entire mantra growing up was I would always like get on MySpace and find someone who likes a band that I like, or you get on live, I had a live journal. So I would like diary, like public diary, which now seems sick. But like (laughs) at the time I'd be like, whatever the, I don't even know what I was talking about. Thank God it's not around. (laughs) People, even Olsen's like other people who like the Olsen's and you like this because I liked fashion really early in a really obscure way that like people wouldn't have known about it. I mean, you grew up in New York though. Like I was growing up in Bumble. So like (laughs) if I was like, oh, I really like Phoebe Philo, which was a thing at the time. Like I only had those communities online. Absolutely. And so now you are a successful designer and you're, you know, you're photographed. I see photo shoots with you. I see interviews. She's like, you guys, please don't believe It's true. So it's true. When you think about your public image, is it something that you consciously construct? Uh, I mean, of course. Yeah. Like to some extent, of course, but it's also like not that deep. Yeah, no, because I think that it's interesting because I think you you do a very interesting balance of like feminine. Because I mean, your line, Amandi, is very luxury, very chic. And then you are like one of the best in terms of like mixing in streetwear with your everyday. And like you always have the cool sneakers. And, you know, I always tell you, I'm like, I don't know what sneakers to buy. Like I'm out here looking at overpriced golden goose because like, I don't know, like I'm just an ignorant consumer. I'm like, sneakers are cool. What are cool sneakers? You do like a very good job of mixing in like a chic luxury thing, but then also with streetwear. But I don't know how much of that is you deciding like, oh, I'm going to mix high and low and do it with sneakers or it's just, it comes naturally to you. I think it comes naturally. Yeah. Like I really don't have a recipe or like a way to engineer it. I just, episode is that like, it sounds really oversimplified and in a way I hate that, but I just like what I like. It's, it's really just comes down to not needing validation. So it's like a, muscle that you practice over and that you like exercise over and over. So it's just like, oh, I just like what I like. And so when you get there, even that sounds really self-righteous too. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, well, when you guys learn who you are, then you'll understand. (laughs) Like, I don't like, I don't even like to, do you know what I'm saying? But once you like get there, Mm -hmm. then you don't think about it. And that's why when we were talking about before, I was like, um, it's this, it's a scam because you're just being, there's no trick. It's literally the most, the easiest thing that any single one of us could ever do is just be yourself. It's not until times like this, when someone's like, how do you be yourself? And you're like, how do you, I don't know. Like, how do you be you? Like, it's just, it's just tapping into who you already are and insisting on that. And then also like, Having a really good relationship with your intuition, I think, is another big mm. part of it. Some people call it your third eye. Some people call it your subconscious. Some people yep. call it like whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, I listen to her and I just don't argue with her. And that's really what it is. Like if she sounds like crazy. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't but sound crazy at all, actually. she says something, and it could be really little too. It could be like, I'm running out of the house and I'm supposed to be somewhere. And myself says oh, turn around, go back inside. Then I have a long day and then I come home and it's like 1 a.m. And then I'm like locked out and it's like, uh, and you knew you left your keys on the counter (laughs) because you heard her say that. Every single time I have ever ignored her, I regretted it. 
every single mm. time. And what's your what's your relationship to skincare, makeup, hair? Like, how do you approach your beauty in a in a thoughtful way? It's so weird because I don't even think I'm like deserving. Like, even to this, be. you have a beautiful kind of like reddish, shimmery eyeliner on your top lid, and it's just like a pop of color. <clears throat> it looks amazing. I love your braids. It's like a, a braided bob. Like these are choices that you're making. Are you making them to complement your style? I don't know. I'm not a beauty girl. Like even with your podcast, I was like, I don't know why I'm on here because I'm not like, I don't have anything to say. I'm not like a beauty person. But literally the eyeliner I have on now is even because my friend was really, she's really into makeup and she was like, well, experiment. And I was like, I never mm. do. And so I bought this one tart eyeshadow it's and beautiful. Thank you. But I'm saying like, I don't have like a bunch of makeup. Like I just was like, this is a thing because I knew I was going to be here today. So I was like, this is the thing that I'll do. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess it comes down to being myself again. Like I had box braids, but so I didn't, I, I mean, how much do you guys want to know? We want to know everything. <laughs> like, we want to know everything. Okay. So I bleached my hair two years ago. Obviously it damaged it a lot. And then I waited for it to grow out. I put it in braids because I was like, just don't touch your hair. And then I had it really long two days ago because I had an event and then I felt like it was just too heavy. So the yesterday, like before I went live out there, I just like cut it in my hotel room. <laughs> so like, that's your intro to this. It's like not that thoughtful. But like, okay. <laughs> what's like asking the, me for these like deep, like what's your, no, and I'm like, I like, don't have anything. Even the, even the self-trust to cut your hair in the hotel room is huge. Cause a lot of people wouldn't do that. They'd be like, oh, I'm going to mess it up. I'm just not going to touch it. I'll wait until I can go. To but I'm a designer. I've cut a lot of things too short. I've cut brand new dresses <laughs> way too short. One of the things that we talked about on the show was plastic surgery mm. and that you're against it. Like you think that it's not for you. No, it's not for you. And I'm, I'm about to be 30. And a lot of women talk about even preventative Botox. I mean, there are women that are 25 that are like, oh, I'm just getting preventative Botox so the wrinkles don't form. And I'm like, okay, we're out here doing this already, I guess. And like you, I don't want to come, I don't want to be judgmental, Right. Because I think a lot of people would look at you and say, well, it's easy for you to say you don't want plastic surgery when you look the way that you look. But is there a bigger conversation that we need to have around why so many women feel the need to invest in making such dramatic changes to their physical appearance? Because I don't think men are getting plastic surgery in the same numbers that women are. No, they're not. They have a very easy life. <laughs> um, so look, everybody do you. It's not for me, 100%. I said earlier, like, I think it's the most beautiful thing in a world, in, in the world, man, woman, anything, when someone's just themselves. I genuinely feel that flaws and all. Like, I, whenever someone's confident and themselves, I think that's sexy. I think that's beautiful. I love mm -hmm. when guys are, when guys, you know, when they want to go on a date and they're confident, then I'm like, I can get with that. Despite the fact that you have really bad shoes on, like you don't know that and you don't mind. And like, I'm interested in that. It's not quite like the vanity. It's not the vanity part, you know? Right. But when it comes to plastic surgery and like also just the idea of like not wanting to be judgmental, like the reason I guess why I reject that a bit is because like, well, you judged yourself. I didn't. So if I notice it, then it's like, well, you're being judgmental. It's like, well, no, I'm not being judgmental. I'm just being observant. I was chilling. Yeah, I wouldn't even notice it. <laughs> but you felt some type of way about it. And again, I'm not even condemning that either because we all kind of do what we feel like suits us right. or makes us feel the best. Or like I have a big forehead, so I tend to like not want to pull my hair like all the way. Back. Like we all do things like yep. I know myself and what works for me. So it's not that I have a problem with people doing it. What I more so have a problem with is like, the cultural commentary is like a zoomed out 30,000 foot view of what's yep. going on. And this need of women feeling like their value is placed on being pretty. Yep. And I kind of wish that was 
dampened a bit. I agree. Because I wish we got to a place more so where instead of us like liking a pretty picture, because like, this is a really weird example, but I just saw a lot of people like were going crazy for like Jordan Woods, like Kylie Jenner's friend. And she had like posted this like great selfie and everyone was like, yes, bitch, like get your life, like fuck the Kardashians. And I was like, no, she looks good. But like one, just because she looks pretty in this picture doesn't mean that she's like happy or healthy. Right. That's and like real. the way that people were placing like, oh, she must be doing really well now. Now that she's not, now that she looks that good. She's slaying. Yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like the way that we yep. put the two together and also, you know, she lost weight or she got her teeth done or she has like a beautiful lace front wig and did yeah, that. Yeah, so I was yeah. kind of like, well, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look and feel beautiful, but I just like don't like the conflation of the that. The conflation of success. that meaning like, oh, she's happy and healthy. Yeah. Because now you get like, credit or validation for like, you look good. So you must be good. But it's like, so true. I would actually just rather go to a place where like people just embrace their flaws and felt confident. And like, that was the thing that you got credit for. Yeah. I even think about that Cardi B line, got a bag and fixed my teeth. Right. Like maybe got a bag and went to therapy or got a bag and got a nutritionist. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe that's the message we need to have. Yeah. But it's also like you get pressure, you get pressure from the outside. And even like J. Cole had a song on his album that was called Crooked Teeth or Crooked Smile where yep. he was like, people were telling him to get his teeth fixed and he just like didn't want to. But it, when and you J. Cole be, is sexy because of that. I think it's harder to be flawed and confident yep. than it is to be like, I fixed everything, so don't I look good now? Because like you can like beautiful and like be one of the most insecure. I've seen it. Like some of the most oh, insecure yeah. women in the world are like look really good. Yeah. So true. So true. I want to open it up to questions from the audience. I feel like I have a thousand questions myself, but want to open up to anyone that has questions for Rachel. Yes, my mom in the back. Um, My icon. Oh, hi, I'm Jerry DeVard. (laughs) And uh, sitting, sitting back here and having, you know, listened to your earlier podcasts and hearing your perspective on life, I just have to ask, and maybe this is coming from a mom sense, but where do you believe you got your confidence from? Mm, great question. Um, I don't know. I have no idea. So you obviously consider yourself a confident person. Yeah, I do. But not knowing like where the foundation of that came from. I would attribute it to my upbringing, but I guess the reason why I seem puzzled now is because recently my dad said something to me which puzzled me. And he was like, you've always been so confident. I have no idea where you got it from always wondered out of all of my children where you got that from. But I would say some of it came from him. Honestly, I just feel like I wasn't put down. I just like no one was constantly telling me negative things. So he just allowed me to just like be. And I guess in that, maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's it. I would also imagine that moving a lot and going to new schools all the time and having to constantly make new friends, like obviously at the time it's difficult and hard, but I would imagine that that did a lot to inform your sense of self. Because every time you're going into a new school, you're like, here I am, this is who I am, and I have to be okay with it, whether or not people in the class like me. Yeah, I think that has, I think maybe I attribute it to that more, almost more than anything. Yeah. Any other questions? So it feels like you embody the words flow and allowing just quite naturally. Are there any areas in your life in which that's the complete opposite, where you feel the need to control things? Or maybe is that how you use your expression through your art and your designs? Or are there other areas of your life where you like need things to go this way? Well, I'm very controlling. <laughs> Love yeah, it. I don't want to like miss uh, communicate. I'm like definitely a control, a control freak. I've seen you with people that work for you. You do not play around. Yeah, I'm very <laughs> controlling. 
I mean, it manifests itself in a, a lot of different ways. I've even mean I'm not corporate bred. I didn't work a corporate, I mean, job, like, go, you know, yeah, I'm very corporate. It's fine. You're very, I'm, she's okay. very I'm okay corporate. with it. Brooke is like her emails and like her, even her text messages. I'm like scared. I'm like, oh, so intense. <laughs> but like, I'm not a corporate bred person. I've always been controlling of my surroundings. I think anyone who's grown up dancing understands this. That's the one place where I am like the most insecure per. I don't dance anymore because of it, because it just like breeds insecurity. Mm. I like was not planning on talking about this. Um, that was a place where I was extremely controlling and like to your own detriment. So I don't want to make it seem I'm this like this like happy go loving, like hippy dippy, like, oh yeah, you just like live and like things come together. Like it's not that. Like a lot of things I do are very calculated and very like measured and intentional. And if I feel like that is something that I lose am losing a grip on. Then I reel it in and like, I'm crazy. I'm a control freak. <laughs> we have time for two more questions. Amelia, yes. Oh, and then my brother. Okay, Alexander, you're going to be the last question. Amelia's going to go first. Two family members. I so I totally agree with you that confidence and being at peace with yourself is the most attractive quality, but that doesn't always come naturally. Sometimes self-love can really be a struggle. So mm-hmm. do you have like an affirmation or a way that you check that doubting voice in your mind when it creeps up? It depends on like the day and it depends on like the topic or like the issue at hand, I guess. But I kind of ask my, I often ask myself, is this true? Mm, that's a big <clears throat> one. So you, you hear maybe a negative thing in your head and you ask yourself, is this true? There was this blog, like when I was in college called Juicy Campus. I don't know if you guys, do you remember that? I'm seeing people's hands over their mouth. Like what is Juicy Campus? I've not, Okay, because okay. not a lot of people remember this. Remember when Facebook first came out and it was like only for people that went to like a major university? There was this blog called Juicy Campus and it was basically like a burn book for every college campus around the country. And I remember they were like so mean to me on that blog. Oh, they talked about you on it? Yeah, yeah. And so they were so nasty. And that was like my, this is like so dramatic. So just forgive me because I'm only bringing this up to like illustrate a point. (laughs) But I remember thinking... Um, that was like, I guess the, the closest equivalent I could have ever had at that time to like gossip or like negative, con- I don't know, from strangers, right? Because it was anonymous. At that time, I remember talking to like a family friend mentor and she said to me, the only time that you get offended by something that someone else says is if you yourself hold it as true. Wow. So she was like, if you think that what they said was true, then obviously it's going to sting. So then ever since then, I think I've always asked myself, like, is this true? Like, what is true? Do you think that's true? And so I guess like my check-in is like, is that true? Or are you ask, are you creating a narrative that like no one actually affirmed? Wow. That's beautiful. Okay. Final question from my brother. The, I will say my brother is probably the earliest and first Naked Beauty podcast fan Really? He gives me the most detailed notes and feedback. He'll be like, mm, you asked, I didn't like the way you asked that question. They had a great response. So you should have dug in more here. I mean, he's listened to every episode in detail. So. That's what family's for. Yes. Um, I want to know how you figured out who Phoebe Philo was in Dodge City, Kansas. Who exposed you to, to the cool? There was a show on this Canadian television show. Do you guys remember Fashion File? I do. Yeah. Fashion file was like on, I think, was it like BBC or like, it was like on some Canadian. Okay. So what happened was I had older sisters. We were not allowed to watch TV during the week. So every Saturday morning, I'd have to wait until my sisters got done watching their shows until I could watch what I wanted. And my sister used to always record this show called Fashion File. 
and it was Tim Blanks used to narrate it. It's yeah. like really, you remember it? Yeah. Iconic. Yeah. I and remember. Iconic, right? Yeah. Um, and like, I learned about Phoebe File through Tim Blanks on Fashion File. And I learned all those names, like Jean-Paul Gaultier and like all these people. I didn't know who they were. And I just would like sit there at like seven or eight years old and wait till they were done. So that's the answer to that. It's amazing. Well, thank God for media, internet, television, right? Because it exposes us to things sometimes when we're in Silas, it's so interesting. I mean, you guys are all here in New York, so I'm sure you live close-ish. But I go through the analytics on the podcast and I see people listening in Japan, in Finland, in Zimbabwe, like in Australia, you, you know, they couldn't be further. And they're small numbers, you know, but I'm like, oh, wow, 41 people in Japan listen this week. Are they expats and feeling lonely? Are they Japanese people? But it's kind of like the internet's done this amazing thing of democratizing information and inspiration. And you're able to find your people and it's a beautiful thing. It's crazy. That's how I found you. Yeah. Well, I mean, we met and then we met again, but. Okay. So I'm just going to tell this really quick anecdote about Brooke. Oh God. I'm I feel scared. like you don't like give yourself enough credit. Oh God. So Brooke and I, like I said, we followed each other's blogs. I was living in Atlanta because I went to art school there. I went to Savannah College of Art and Design. She had done that exchange program from Stanford to Atlanta at Spelman. Yeah. Because you like wanted like what an all black experience. Yeah. Well, my mom went to Spelman and I was shade. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I did. I did. I mean, the HBCU experience is super unique. And I knew that, like, I couldn't pass up the chance to go to Spelman, even for a semester. Yeah, yeah. So I was living in Atlanta and I didn't see you in real life, but I saw you on like all these blogs that were really popular at the time in Atlanta. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, who's this really cool, which is funny because you're like, I'm not cool. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> I was like, who's this cool, like black girl from New York City? Because I didn't know any black girls from New York City, at least not like uptown. <laughs> and <laughs> oh God. not uptown and like had really great style and blah, blah, blah. And then we like would engage on our blogs together. And like you, it get, just goes to show you have no idea who's listening or who's right. watching or who's affected by the things that you do or say. And then I think I like, this sounds so crazy, but I think I like loosely stalked you. Like not crazy, but like, you know, you just like kind of keep in touch. Yeah. Like yeah, you just keep I'm in familiar. touch. Yeah. 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 And then Chrissy from Harper's Bazaar, Chrissy Rutherford, yeah, Chrissy was on Rutherford. your podcast. And I was like, tell her I want to be on her podcast because I want to meet her. And then when I got on the podcast, I was like playing it really cool. And I was like, yeah, by the way, like, I think we used to follow each other's blogs, but you didn't know I like actually had a whole proper background. I'm like, I already know who you were. I was like, well, she goes to this school called Spence. I don't know what it is, but I heard that Gwyneth Paltrow went there. Okay. And like, it had all these credentials that you probably didn't know. But like, now you're the irony is that she's like, so you're like really cool in front of these people. And I'm like, no, no, no I've been stalking you since like 2007. <laughs> oh the cool part of me is like not going to mention that, but the jig is up. So. Oh my God, amazing. Well, I'm so happy you're in my life and that the internet and light stalking brought us together. So yeah. thank you so much for being on. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 